The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Our guest today is John Michael Holtman. He's principal co-founder of Concord Companies, and he's the owner of Holtman Properties. John Michael, are you there? I'm here, John. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Man, I really, really appreciate it. John Michael, you are one of the most active investors, uh, developers in the state of Mississippi, and and really, I kind of call it the Mid-South, because you do stuff all up to Ohio and Kentucky. You've even done stuff in Florida. Tell us, uh, when you're looking forward to deals in today's world, what kind of deals are you out there looking for? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Big fan of of the show and everything that you're doing, John. And um, I think I think it starts with with great relationships and being surrounded by great people. So uh, it's not all me. I think we've got a pretty good system in place here, uh, building a management team to help operate the properties. Uh, in general, what we're looking for is and and what drives some of my passion is finding value. And um, I know that sounds a bit generic, but when you translate that over to property, uh, my hope, my, most of my entire career has been spent in retail and office, but predominantly retail. And so we're looking for some sort of value opportunity, generally neighborhood shopping centers and growing areas. Now, that doesn't mean the major markets. That I'm the first to tell everybody there's going to be better buyers for you in a New York City or a Los Angeles, but in the Pensacola, Florida's, the Baton Rouge, uh, the central Mississippi, um, some of those markets, I feel like we've we've been effective and finding properties that were either below market rents, lower occupancy, where we could come in and implement a plan and uh, ultimately drive that operating income and drive value. You know, when I when I hear you talk and, and what I know about you is that a couple things that jump out. One is uh, you're a closer. You know, when I when I see you put deals on our contract, you close. And I got to imagine that that aspect of you helps out tremendously with credibility. So when someone sees a deal in a market that makes sense, they're they're more likely to call you because, hey, if you if you put the offer, you start working on it, that that deal is likely to happen. Is that correct? It is. And, you know, sometimes your greatest advocate can be the seller you close with. And um, so it's important. You know, I would encourage anybody today, especially young in the business, maintain strong relationships with sellers that you've closed with. You know, uh, I, I love the quote, become a lifelong learner of people. Learn learn the people. It's not just the business. You know, get to know the people. Um, you know, when, when common goals are aligned, you know, great things can happen. And so, um, but it's been one of these things. Thankfully, when when we start something, generally we like it, and generally we want to pursue it. And um, you know, obviously, the last several months there's been some headwinds. Just closed on a single tenant office depot, and you know, fighting rate risk, the entire interest rate risk, the entire way. But um, you know, that's something we can't control. It's something we just had to adapt with. And thankfully, we had a great seller on the other side that that. Uh, that got it and understood it and worked with us in, entirely along the way. John Michael, we had a crazy offer on a deal. It was off market. We weren't looking to sell the property. 
uh, but it was one of those offers that was really strong and taken seriously. And in the process of talking to the the potential buyer, uh, we asked for uh, references on previous deals they put in our contract and how they gone. They refused to do so. And that was a major red flag. We couldn't come to terms and the whole deal blew up. And so it's so fascinating that you're on the opposite of that, that you're saying when you're trying to buy stuff, you got you got your references already. So so if somebody said, "Hey, I'm, I I want to sell this property. I don't know you. What what are your references?" That that doesn't offend you. You're you're glad to jump on and show that. That's part of your arsenal. Is that correct? Not at all. Not at all. Just had this conversation yesterday with, "Hey, me, we may want to talk to some of your lending partners and some people you've closed with in the past. Would you have a problem with that?" I said, "Absolutely not." When we get back to the office, you know. I'll send you. I'll send you references, or somebody on our team will send you some references, and, and uh, happy for you to talk to them. You know, um, you're talking earlier. Just you mentioned about you know deals in New York, LA. I mean, if it's a public anchored center that's got perfectly matched up market rents, and it's in Buckhead or uh, Miami, uh, there's a there's a top list of 100 institutional people that want to buy it. But you know, there's a lot of part of our country that's in markets that you're you're talking about that are smaller. Um, and their growth, that those things, things can be come together. And I can think of like Madison, Richland, Mississippi, Brandon, uh, Pearl, all markets that you're very familiar with. And so you have less competition. And so you're kind of becoming the niche of the go-to guy in that space. Is that correct? I think it's correct. I think that, I think that's well put, John. I think that, you know, granted, there's, there's plenty of great people around doing what I'm doing. So, I'm, uh, you know, I think, I think we know that going in, you know, sellers generally have options. Um, I think, you know, I, I look back at a deal we did in Pensacola and um, Pensacola was a growing market uh, on the northern end of town. And uh, it was 65 percent occupied to the east and west were really growing. And the seller, the sellers needed to sell. And I think they're just, you know, for one reason or another, they had struggled with maybe false started with a first buyer or two. And we were effective in kind of coming in and. Um, getting a deal done with them. But I mean, it's a prime example of 65% occupied. We, it wasn't easy. There were a couple of years where I was like, man, I may have missed this one because we struggled to fill it up and, and drive occupancy. And then, you know, a few years later, now it's a hundred percent lease. The net operating income has doubled and the value has subsequently doubled and a uh, similar plan we're doing. Uh, and a market, you know, Brandon and Pearl right now, where we purchased a property and have carved out some out parcel opportunities, just closed the deal with Chipotle and have a coffee shop that'll likely be coming in on an out parcel there. And so, um, you know, it's kind of those those type of opportunities. I, I, you listen, remember, I got married in Brandon, so be nice to Brandon. That's a big deal to me. Um, Love it. Yes. Love the town. So, John Michael, we just got a, like a minute here before we have to go to, go to break. Um, but I wanted to say, say a real question, this quick question. I say to people, you know, my people on my team, like whenever you're buying something, no matter how good of a buy it is, how cheap it is, you have to have in your mind, how are you going to sell it on the back end? So just real quick, you know, I guess the argument could be is like, Hey, John Michael, you're buying all these properties and you're getting good deals and you're running them well. Do you have any thoughts of like, gosh, if you wanted to sell everything in five years, do, do you feel like there's going to be a buyer pool so that you could exit if you wanted to? Is that is that a concern or an issue or anything? 
I, I would say I would say you always. I think you're. I think you're right in saying that. I think it all starts with buying rights, right? You know, I, I think when I've seen people get hurt is when they stretched, they they went beyond kind of their comfort zone. I believe you have to buy right. Um, yeah, look, I think it's important to have a great management team. My, our management and accounting team, once we buy a property, the last thing they want me doing is going in there saying, hey, put me on the accounting or management team, right? Like, um, <laughs> that's their wheelhouse. They know it. I step aside. They handle the man- management and accounting, and that's been a big treat. But, yes, you, you on these properties, we may have to wait a little bit of time, especially given where it is now. But I think it starts with buying right, and then um, we do think through, okay, what's our exit? You know, is this how long are we going to hold it? We're not wired like a fund where we're saying we've got to hold for seven, we've got to hold uh, for 10 years. And so, uh, but we do think through who's the logical buyer for this, and at what point do we want to get our business plan to a point where we can sell it? Gotcha. So you're, you are thinking from the very beginning. Uh, what's happens on the back end, and you may hold forever, you know, or you know, a decent period of time. But you're you're taking that potential problem into play as you're looking at deals, correct? Absolutely. Gotcha. Yes. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with uh, John Michael Holtman. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. And we are back. This is John Crossman with John Michael Holtman. And uh, John Michael, you know, uh, you're an interesting guy because you bought and built over you know, like like a million square feet, which is a big deal in your career. Um, you're still young that young people think you're cool and you're legitimately old enough that you're you know a player in the industry. So I want to talk to you about um, leadership. So, so to this point in your career, you've obviously had some mentors and people you've watched um, and they've done some great stuff as CEOs who... Who, what are the traits of the CEOs you're looking at that you're trying to emulate day to day and what you're trying to build there? Well, first of all, I, um, I, love, I love spending time around people that are really doing it well and get it and, um, you know, have been a student of leadership. And I think so often you find, um, I, think, I think you find that great leaders are constantly learning and evolving and, and are students of leadership and how to lead others. Um, you know, just a few that have stood out to me, I think self-awareness is critical and, um, you know, just knowing blind spots and 
putting people in place that protect your blind spots. And I love the, uh, the Jim Collins quote. Um, I think it was Jim Collins quote originally aspire to be the dumbest person in the room. Um, we don't always have to be the smartest person in the room, you know, get people around us and ask great questions. And, um, you know, sometimes I think I probably get accused of asking too many questions when I'm pursuing a deal or, or, or looking through what we're doing. But, um, you know, I'm relying on the experts around us to kind of make some of the great decisions uh, that, that drive our business. But I think self-awareness, um, humility, and um, I think those would be a couple things that are important to me. I also think, John, you and I have talked a little bit about this offline, is, is the ability to not spend a lot of time as a leader complaining about things we do not control but the ability to pivot and evolve. Mm -hmm. And we saw that so crucially during COVID and the shutdowns. You know, I'm reminded of an article I read from Tractor Supply because they're a tenant where their business grew substantially, I think a 35% year-over-year growth in sales in 2020, just through adapting and evolving and pivoting as the market threw something to them. All while other people were saying the common line when are we going to get back to normal? When are we going to get back to normal? And I think many of them were sitting idly while, you know, some of the greats were pivoting and adjusting. And I think that's just, that's important to do as a leader. You know, my favorite story through COVID was, uh, I love Publix. I love Seto Sushi. They're in the same shopping center in my neighborhood. And here's Seto Sushi. It's a sushi place. You know, what are they going to do during this time? They started selling frozen bags of beef soup, right? You could come there, buy a frozen bag of beef soup. They, oh, sold, yeah. they sold cleaning supplies, like they had tons of their own and people to have it. And they were selling toilet paper, right? So you're going in Sato Sushi Place. It's not open. And, I mean, there's just like a little line you could go through your stuff. But here's the second part. Publix allowed that to happen. You know, them selling uh, toilet paper was actually a violation of the Publix's lease. Publix let that happen, Right. It was an example of this, the sushi guy pivoting, not just keeping his door closed, pivoting and being relevant, and Publix pivoting being relevant, and it made them both just better. I mean, who, who else wouldn't just become even more loyal to those two tenants? To your point, they, hey, I can't make uh, California rolls right now. Okay, well, what am I going to do? What can I do? And Publix like, hey, we can't keep our you know shelves full of toilet paper. Here's this other guy selling it. We're going to be okay with that because our customer wins. That's what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good stuff. So uh, flip this around. You, you know, if you, you've got some younger people working for you and you, you, you talk to interns and stuff like that. And for people that don't know, uh, John Michael Holtman and I partnered to create the Holtman Crossman Scholarship at Jackson State University to help young people um, pick at a HBCU, get involved in real estate. And thanks for your support of that, John Michael. What advice do you have for college students and young professionals who want to become CEOs, particularly in real estate, but just in general business leaders, what do you what do you try to impart in them as far as traits they need to develop to be great great leaders? Well, first of all, never walk into a room and you know t- try to just spout out all your IQ. Learn, learn. You know, sit around people that uh, you want to emulate. Find traits that you want to emulate. Shadow. You know, we've talked a little bit about this. Um, you know, if you think you may want to be in real estate one day, you know, I, I constantly am inviting people, hey, you know, come spend a couple days here. 
Let's let's walk around. Let's let you see what this looks like. And then even further than that, I think for our field, I think a tremendous blessing for me early in my career was frankly landing in a a place like Jackson, not a place like Dallas and a huge brokerage house, nothing against them. I, I think they're great and they do a great job. But being in a place like Jackson, you could get exposure to the whole industry and you could have real world experience as to what is my lane, what I'm passionate, what am I passionate about? And I think I, I tell young people all this all the time, follow passion. Uh, I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson, nothing great was ever accomplished without enthusiasm. Um, and so you you know it's important to follow passion and um, and surround yourself by people that are better than you and that have uh, traits that that you want to emulate. Well, and you know what's funny is that when I as long as I've known you, I've really always highlighted that you've had a sense of humility and you've also had a sense of vulnerability. I think what would shock um, a lot of people who are listening to this is how many times I call you and say I'm looking at a deal. Here's all my numbers, including what I'm, my equity I'm putting in the deal, and you do the same thing. People will be surprised how often, and, and we're not the only ones to do this, but a lot of people who are buying deals, who are work at different companies, you could even argue maybe they're in competing companies, but they share each other's information and just ask each other, what do you think? Am I making a mistake? Am I doing it right? Doing it wrong? And we talk. And, and so, but, to, but for that relationship to happen, have that depth of information and exchange, you got to be humble and you got to be coachable and you got to be vulnerable. Is that correct? Absolutely. 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 I was just having that conversation with somebody the other day, John, in town, and uh, <laughs> we're going through some similar pains and, um, and some, you know, some similar growing pains, right? Great things. Um, but just, you know, where are we headed? What are we doing? Are we putting the right pieces together? Um, you know, culture, building culture. <laughs> we sat together at lunch and he said, we said, you know, can we do this again? He goes, I've not had really many authentic, vulnerable conversations with other real estate, you know, owners and leaders. And I thought to myself, man, what are we doing wrong, right? If we we're sitting here, we know these people on a friendly basis, but you know, we can't, we can't have those kind of conversations out of, out of I don't know, fear of, you know, something, I guess, but uh, it was great. It was impactful. And um, you and I've shared that as well. Listen, I have a weekly call with a big time real estate guy that's in another market than mine. And here's what we do. We check in with what our biggest pursuits are. Like I'm saying, I'm doing this deal. He says he's doing this deal. And then uh, the other part of the conversation is, how's your mental health? He'll say to me, John, how's your mental health? How are you doing? And then I say it back to him. And, you know, at our at our ages in your career, yeah, the deals are important, but it's also like peace of mind is important. And so we have this accountability, if you will, on business success and humanity, you know, mental health success. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. You're that kind of guy, too. Well, um, John Michael, thank you. Thank you for being uh, my friend and thank you for being somebody who's making an impact uh, both in the industry and in, in society. And it's going to be really exciting to watch you. I was thinking about you last night. I was thinking someday he's going to call me and say, hey, John, I've done a, a million square feet. Oh, wait a minute, add a zero. It's 10 million. Like that, that's what we're going to see happen with John Michael in the future. So keep, keep being you and thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Great to be here. And we'll be right back after this break with a final word. 
Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com Once again, here's John Crossman. We are back. This is John Crossman with the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. And Mike, what an interesting young up-and-coming CEO leader in our industry, John Michael Holtman. He's an interesting guy, right? He really is, yeah. You know, something about him I didn't mention, and you'll find this pretty, pretty, pretty cool. His brother is the head basketball coach at The Ohio State University. You know, that's not a small school right, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Right, Wow. And uh, and he played a little college basketball himself, John Michaels. He John, did. That's how he got to Mississippi. So, you know, he was grew up a basketball player, brother, big-time basketball coach. And once when you hear that, doesn't his story make even more sense? Like, here's a guy that's really successful. I mean, he's like the top guy in his market and, and going beyond. And then when I was asking about leadership, he starts talking about humility and coaching, that's part of his ethos, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that kind of came across. Um, the second thing I just thought mentioned that, that didn't come up is like, how, how did I meet him? And I think I'm right about this. I, he, I think I spoke at a conference and he was at it and then he just reached out to me. And then um, somehow it came up because I go to Mississippi kind of often. And I was in Mississippi meeting my fam with my wife and her family, their family. And, and then uh, he contacted me and said, hey, when you're in town, can we get together for breakfast? And then we met, and then he just kind of said to me, hey, John, whenever you're in town, can we get it together? That's where that relationship came. And the reason why I'm saying that is like, he pursued me. He saw me doing something that he was aspiring to, and then just really pursued the relationship. Now, here's what the relationship is. I call him for advice. Yeah. No, seriously. No, seriously. Like, that's sort of funny how that works, but he is like in my go-to list of people I get advice from. You know, it's funny how things can go up and down. It's, there's an ebb and flow in relationship. Right. And the person that really draws from the other person uh, may find themselves on the giving side and like what's happened with you. Yeah, no, I Look, I can remember a time on a Saturday, he was stressed out. And I said, well, I'm going to the gym. Why don't you call me? And I'm walking on the treadmill and I got my earbuds in and I just listened to him. He was sort of talking about something he was dealing with. But I mean, it was like right at a year ago, I was, I was buying a deal. I was super stressed out and I called him and he, he emailed me all this stuff. And so I say, let's say it's like, what did I learn from John Michael today? Like, man, no matter how good you are, get, get coaching, receive coaching, right? No matter yeah, how good you yeah. are, humble yourself and be in relationship with people. You know, one thing uh, that I think is important to note with this is that whole thing of developing a relationship. When you're a CEO, I can only imagine I've never been a CEO like you. Uh, but I've, uh, I know a little bit about management under that level, and I know that it can be lonely at the top. Right. And when you are uh, the very uh, top of your company, uh, you have all of those same needs, those same relational needs. And what do you do to develop a network of people like what he did with you? I mean, that's really smart. Yeah, it's very wise. And, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I, I'm not advocating the television show Ozark on Netflix. I'm just, but I, but I reference it that the the main character is is a is a business guy just like me, just like John Michael. It's just he's the laundry money for the drug cartels, right? And so you'll see, you might say, John, why? How could you even have context? I have context because 
there's scenes where he's dealing with these problems and he's all alone, right? And of course, they're mm-hmm. life and death, yeah. right? But whenever I reflect on that, like there's a lot of men that aren't doing, you know, salacious things like that, but they're living a life alone as a leader. And that's very dangerous. It is. I mean, the, the, the stakes are lower in, a, in that dramatic context, but they're still very high as it relates to how do you run your business? How do you take care of your staff? How do you take care of your family? And so to be able to have that space to be able to call somebody and say, hey, I am super stressed out. Should I buy this deal or not? But also, man, I'm trying to figure out how to balance um, spending time with my family and getting the work done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, somebody asked me this the other day about what is one of my biggest challenges. And I said, if I'm being really honest, it's being present. You know, like when I'm on vacation, you know, with my family, it's hard for me not to be thinking about, man, I got to get all this work done. Yeah. You know, I think that whole mental health issue, too, oh, yeah. that you brought up is a big part of all of this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and the, you know, look, we all need to work on our mental health like we work on our physical health. You know, you and I, Mike, we both try to eat healthy. We're working on mm-hmm. it. You see me eat my carrots during the day. Mm-hmm. And the same time, we have to have some relational help and we talk about stuff. So, man, John, John Michael Holtman, man, up and comer, doing big stuff in markets, not people are thinking about, but he's doing deals and making money. So somebody really admires. So we need to keep monitoring that guy. That's right. See what the future holds. Well, uh, Mike, as always, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, this is John Crossman, The Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been The Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.